Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves Sturlo. Hear what they say about playing the game. You can't hear it today. I said now. Welcome back to Legal Counsel. Coming at you live on a Tuesday evening, the 12th of June. Day later than usual due to Queen's birthday, as always. Calling Jack Muir from our Hong Kong, no, Melbourne office. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. And uh, we're up to around 14 now. So we're basically, yeah, we're halfway through the season. We're well Isn't past halfway, comp- aren't we? Well, we're well past, around past it. And, gee, don't we have an interesting comp how we've got some good, te- we don't have any great teams. We've got a lot of good teams. Mm. We've got about three shit teams and then mm. the rest are mediocre. Or whatever, think, yeah, on their day. I think the the lower tier, the bottom three, actually, I think you've only got two really out-and-out shit teams, and that is the Gold Coast Titans and the Parramatta Eels. Yep. The Eels are going to be a spoilers. I reckon in six weeks' time, we'll be saying they're one of the hottest teams in the comp. They'll finally start yep. to hit their gear, because everyone does that who is shit. They always have come good at the end of the season. But the Dogs have only lost by six and under points sort of six, maybe five of the last games. So they're actually I a tough know. team to beat. They're not that bad. But, but, I, but I still don't think they're a tough team to beat. I think even though they get close, they just, you almost feel as though you're keeping them at an arm's distance. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they don't, you know, one of uh, our mates, Coop, sort of said to me, he goes, oh, we've got a chance here, Jack. And I go, well, no, not really, because you just don't have the, I don't think they have the firepower. There's but diff- I mean, they give between. you a tough game, I admit. There's a difference between being close on the scoreline and actually having a chance to win. And I think that's probably, if the Dogs were going to write a book this year, they'd say pretty much that, wouldn't they? Close on the scoreline, but we've got no hope. I think the Tigers are sort of like that now. Now I've sort of got all these hopes for the Tigers that they can get close, but they just can't put the foot on the throat. No. So getting back to what your original statement was, there's two really bad teams. Then there's the Dogs. You probably could say there's three really bad teams but I think the middle tier of the comp this year... Cowboys are pretty poor too, but I think they've they've got it shown enough and they're capable enough to be a mediocre team. Mediocre, and I think you throw Newcastle, who are very much along the same lines, and Canberra. Canberra. So yep. you've got that middle mediocre, so that's six, right? Yep. And then you've got the Tigers, who are outside the eight, and we're basically then... I think we're forgetting one team, one more team that's not in the eight. Manly. Uh, yeah, Manly, Manly yeah. Exactly. Which aren't a, yeah, they're a mediocre team as well. But I feel like then you've got eight, the top eight and Tigers, the top nine, who we've said two or three weeks ago, that's it. No one no one below the Tigers, do you think, uh, can make it? The only little, little bit of a chance is the Raiders if they get hot with Hodgson, but, you know, that's one and 20 chance, I reckon. So you've basically six weeks out now. He's one of their better players. I mean, a winger's not going to influence their side. They should be able to do what they do without him. But he is a big game player. Leilu is now injured. Who comes in on the wing for Rapana? It's not who they got there. They haven't brought in Zach Santo. No, he was at the Warriors and they released him. They released him back up to North Queensland, yeah. Yeah, it's a a tough one. I don't know who's actually... You you would have said Edric Lee. Obviously, he's not there anymore. Um, Well, I'll look it up. You can move on to the next... uh... What I was going to ask you, mate, is you did daddy-daughter at the game yesterday for the Storm. What's a home ground ground game like for the Storm? Uh, 
Oh, mate, it's very good. I mean, I'll tell you what, isn't afternoon football just a joy? I mean, to be honest, I actually looked up my League Live app on the Monday or something. I don't, I don't look too far ahead in terms of rounds of football unless it's my Warriors, and I sort of thought, fuck, Storm Broncos, two of the three glamour clubs mm-hmm. going up against each other on a Sunday afternoon at arguably the best uh, league stadium in, in the comp. I was like, that is brilliant. So... I actually sent the bat signal out to um, the Victorian Rugby League Forum, mm-hmm. and like usual, you got a bit of arming and arming, you know, can't afford it. Did and anyone fucking, answer the call? Uh, who nearly got there? Nah, no, oh, Nyato, or uh, sort of said, oh, he sort of sniffed at it, but no idea. So then I went and had a coffee with the wife and family, and then basically spur of the moment, I said, fuck it, I want to bring my daughter. So... Ran down, got a tram, and just got off at the Sporting Globe. You've been there, right, on Bridge Road? Sure have, yep. And um, I thought, oh, I'll watch the first half, because I was sort of running low, so I watched the first half of the um, Sharks, Tigers there. But I went in there, and it was wall-to-wall, uh, what's it called, UFCing. It was ridiculous. Oh, it was a event, it's it? left, right, and centre. And I couldn't even, mm-hmm. like, the Sporting Globe, of all places, couldn't even find a TV of the league. So then uh, we... What's a, what's, a Melbourne, what's a Melbourne UFC crowd like? Because in Sydney, it's very pikey Irish-English. Oh, totally. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Um, oh, mate, they're nice guys and that, but it's just sort of, you know, stereotype, cliched. So I didn't, it didn't really see the environment for my, for my daughter. So uh, then walked down to the London, you know, London down Richmond near MCG, mm. had a pint there, Could watched the first... Farmer. Yeah, I don't eat. Um, I just had a beer and the daughter had a soda water. Then at halftime, walked down to the Richmond Club Hotel, had about three beers and then walked over to the league beautiful winter's day and then it was just oh, it was just good and the daughter loves it now she's like getting photos with the mascots it is brilliant afternoon football you can't beat it so I've already looked up the next game which is Storm Sharks Ooh, um, hopefully a real grudge exactly on a Sunday afternoon <clears throat> so hopefully you get a few more people onto that but yeah is it weird taking your daughter along for pub crawls by yourself on a Sunday look it's probably nah. the kind of thing it's probably the kind of thing that when she's in high school and people ask about her dad knowing full well that he's in prison about what they used to get up to back in the day and she'll say well you know it kind of explains itself he used to take me from pub to pub and then make me go to rugby league and make me get photos with a mascot and but I was thinking everyone will about understand it. I was thinking about like we you couldn't have done that in New Zealand right when we were her age because pubs were very much a sort of like a bastion of the man, right? I don't even think like you'd see chicks at a... I don't, where did you pick girls up back then at that age? I don't know. Anyway, I don't think it was really at the pub. Maybe on a Thursday night at the Carlton. But like, I don't think you would have done it in our day and age. But now I think pubs on a Sunday, if you the choose family. the right they're one, especially family. in Richmond, yeah. they're very family-based. So, um, yeah, I'm all for it. And I think she... Enjoyed, I mean, she didn't have any sort of kids' company, which I'd like to get, you know, Lee Fife's kid down there or something. But you know what they're like. People just don't like live sport these days. But gee, it was good. Bloody so, good. So one, two of the glamour clubs, the third being the Roosters. I think we discussed this midweek. There's three glamour clubs in the NRL, and they're yep. the Roosters, the Storm, and the Broncos. Who's knocking on the door of glamour, glamorousness? I just don't. I mean, rugby league's not a glamour sport. <laughs> I know. Oh. I'm going to throw it out there. Parramatta, Manly maybe? are probably knocking on the door of being a glamour club. I've yeah, had their they're... moments. 
Oh, they're grand as shit. Like, they're just... Like that, uh, yeah, they had their moments. Agreed, agreed. Oh, I think Parramatta could potentially oh. be the thing. No, but they've just got a huge supporter base. Like, Parramatta's its own... Yeah, look, there's three glamour clubs in daylight. I'm just saying. Yeah. Now, talk me through the storm live. What, what did you notice about them? Was anyone that stood out for you? Or anyone that... So, what I like, what I I like just... going to live league is that you notice players that you don't notice on TV. Who stood out to you live? So... Kenny Bromwich was, you know, because obviously as a Kiwi fan, I sort of look at them. He was brilliant. Like, he ran at the line, ran a nice little lines. Because at the start, I always do it at um, uh, Tower and EKLI, right leg member stone. I just get the general mission, sit down the end of the first half so you can sort of see the lines and stuff. Hmm. And then I go up high to watch the second half. But Kenny Bromwich, Brandon Smith, man, he is a little mongrel. Like, he's short, but he runs hard, tackles hard. And then on the... Um, Broncos side I thought Josh Maguire was brilliant for a guy backing up he's just God, in there right. low to the ground runs hard I really he's, like him you so know he, when he first came into the first grade and he was calling himself the big show and he was yep. a prop forward he wasn't a lock and he, was, right. he just looked like he just looked like a target the kind of guy that would never really yep. shape up to be a great player he gets smashed and then slowly he's just sort of morphed into a back rower he's just I mean he's a bit of a court carbon coffee of Corey Parker if not better. He's a hell of a player, and I love the way he backs Yeah, up. I like how he also, plays, he also plays Duffy Half for someone. To be honest, I really... It's a pretty good part of out of our sport is the backing up thing. Like, I reckon that's... You know, they're not... The clubs protect them. Backing up after three days isn't that hard. I guess as you get older. But those young guys should have no, prob- well, no problem there. They're actually saying midweek, I was talking to um, a big fan of the show, Ryan Cribb, and he was saying that the his inside mail was that two and three days after origin is the easiest. It's when the body. Yeah, that's sort common of, knowledge. That's yeah. common knowledge, and mate. Always. They've been saying that for years. Don't think. Don't come out and think you're a big revolution because <laughs> they've been saying that for years. Well, it's not my. I'm not. I'm not saying that I came up with this fucking thing. I'm saying that I'm just repeating what I heard. I'm giving them. Well, the other thing is, so you're not taking me off. No, but I mean, when I played league last year. There was no fucking way in the world I could play a game after, like, two days. Second day was actually the sorest. You know, but I'm not an athlete. I'm not just coming out, You're playing one training run, then playing leagues. So you're a engineer, are... mate. Exactly. Well, just turn yeah, exactly. But, okay, so I think we're going to get to, we're going to, get to this subject e- anyway, right? So we might as well burst open right now. And it's going to probably fuck a lot of listeners off, but we're going to go for it. Now, this mid-year test is a bit of a lightning rod for all kinds of debate at the moment. And the biggest thing that pisses me off is that people that are using it as an opportunity to say it's unsafe around backing up from Denver and the flying to Denver. You tell me, right, the Dubrovic brothers played a intense game of origin on Wednesday night, flew, got pissed up on Wednesday night, Probably didn't sleep. No, do you think? Fuck Freddie, mate. They would have gone mad. Everyone always pisses up after Origin. It's a known fact. Yeah, now, Thursday true. morning, they flew, still pissed, to Sydney. Stopped over for about an hour or two. Then flew from Sydney really? to, to Christchurch. And they go fly Melbourne to Christchurch. I think that they returned with the Blues. Either way, let's just say they did for the purpose of the story. And if they didn't, then that's maybe a couple of hours less. Flew to New Zealand, landed in New Zealand, and played on Saturday. And played 80 minutes, yep. both of them probably. And played both very well, I thought. And 
so backing up, right? And the stress on the body that they've done there versus New Zealand team who are flying to 13 hours to LA, I'm imagining, and then probably to Colorado, Denver's half, maybe two, 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 two maybe hours. Two. Yeah. Um, yep. And playing, they'll be business class. And I know for a fact that the coaches were in cattle class because someone spotted them. Who and were? The Turbo Brothers. Oh, Turbo Brothers, yeah. And so the Kiwis coming back via a 15-hour flight, of which half of it will be overnight, right? So they'll probably yep. have eight hours sleep in business class, at least of that. So while they're sleeping, there's not a huge amount of like, sleeping on a plane versus sleeping in a fucking bed, is there? So no, I mean, there's a time difference. Time zone. Yes. They're going to yep. be... And then... What really is the difference when the nuts and bolts are out? Surely it's slightly more putting your body through a slightly a little bit more. But the football, couple of days either side, there's no difference to what they're doing after Denver to what the Turbo Brothers have done after Origin. It's just, oh, no. it's, it's for me, it's, it's an excuse now for clubs to do what they always want to do is people not play, not let people play international football. Now, they used to be able to get away with it. Ricky Stewart used to be able to get away with it all the time and people would flag injuries and they would be putting them at a mid-season test. But as the drums beated loudly and more loudly and more loudly, you could not be seen to pull people at international league because you'd get cop- you'd cop it. This is a great chance for them to go, no, Denver, it's too, the, the altitude and this and that and this. It's just basically selfishness. And I don't blame them from a pure coach perspective because they want their best players available but they are kidding themselves if they think that this Denver test is anything remotely different than Origin and it's a just a disgrace what's your thoughts on it oh look you've summed it up pretty well I mean if you compare it to other sports um uh, like Rara Union, and they go to Joburg for Super 12 and stuff. What about, and the other thing is, what about when the Paul brothers used to like fly back, literally arrive on a Tuesday afternoon from flying all the way from UK and just terrorize the Australians out of um, dummy half at, at half back on a Friday? Like, no one was moaning about that. They just wanted to play for the jersey. And, and you know, as I said on a couple of things, the English. Look, the team's going to be named on Sunday. It's going to be very interesting what gets named, and like usual, we'll ring each other up and go, oh, Ricky Stewart, oh, Anthony Griffin will be slagging coaches off. But think about the English rugby league people. Even if they're like owners of these clubs, they let them, they seem to believe in the international game so much more because they understand that that is like the ticket to perhaps a more prosperous future for our game. Look, I don't want to keep going. I mean, we're going to lose listeners. Some people hate talking about the international game and they think we're biased. But yeah, I think the best argument against people having a go at us is just like looking at that origin and the origin backup factor. I totally agree. And you're, and as you say, you're getting, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, what's that word when you do something, but do say something, but do something hypocritical. Mm. So well, it starts it at 10 to... past two yeah. Denver time, yeah. which means, uh, what's that central time? So that would be about it's quite early in the morning, Oz time, you reckon? Uh, what time's like the when, f- first ten, game 10 of PM, NFL? 10 p.m. usually going by basketballs is usually about 12 p.m. the next day, us. So if you rewind that by eight, it's probably looking about two in the morning, is it? 
Yeah, I mean, on Sun on a Monday morning during fantasy, mm. what time is the earliest game go on? Two, 2 p.m. About yeah, so it's five a.m. Maybe yeah. five a.m. Five a.m. America. Yeah, okay, so which is tough. I guess that's quite tough for the Aussie New Zealand guys because you're oh by that time you should have been acquainted, and then it's just sort of coming back. It's probably good. no. What's harder? It's harder going east to west is best. So yes, um, it's better going coming home coming home is actually the easy part and which is the whole reason why they talk and people have come out and look we're flogging a dead horse i think we're both on the same page but at the end of the day and this is what i probably didn't understand as much as you know we've we debated it in the past is that i wasn't quite sure the nrl own state of origin i always thought it was sort of something to do with the qrl and the new south wales rugby league but the nrl own origin so yep. of course they're going to protect origin and coaches well imagine if someone tried to stop their player playing in state of origin well but what i was just thinking i'd love to, why don't the warriors do that so how many how many times like look at dane gargai he fucking broke or compound brokers dislocated his thumb or something like that and kevin walters said i would have to cut his arm off to play and then two three days later doesn't pulls out of his club game What's that about? Yeah, yeah, but that's typical Queensland, like making a man out of molehill, trying to put everyone off the scent before a game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's one, there's, 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 there's one easy fix. So this year, we talked about the draw a couple of weeks ago, and the draw has been done, in my opinion, a lot better this year. You've got a split round, and then you've got a standalone weekend, and then a split round, and you've only got one buy. So half the teams have the buy pre. Yep. And then you have the standalone weekend, and then half the teams you have by post. Why and that must mean we get one week shorter of the season, right? Yep. Yep. So why don't they just do, they stop the season, like what they do in the English Premier League. They stop the season, and they have three standalone weekends in a row. You play Origin back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, and you might play those on, let's just say, Wednesdays or maybe Fridays. And then on the Saturdays and the Sundays, it's all international. So England well, and New Zealand might play a three-match series one year. Then the next year, it might be Tonga playing New Zealand, England. England play. So you just have, you shut the yeah. down the NRL. And if the NRL controls state of origin, and I, I, I versa, think, why not? Yeah, why would yeah, they yeah, care? Yeah. They're going to get a better product. You're going to have no games or rounds. With the problem is at the moment is this three-week period. Although it's better this year, you're seeing games with no origin players. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't know the commercial implications of it, but if you're trying to sell our product to the um, the networks, I guess they want... What do they want? They they make their money by the advertising and the subscriptions, right? So um, if... It's not like we're not going to start... We're going to still subscribe, even if there's three weeks off. Even if I hated international football, it's not going to stop us subscribing to Foxtel, is it? No. Although it probably they theoretically may lose some revenue because then when they on sale, I don't know, a Holden ad, they could say, "Oh, Tonga versus England, no one's going to watch." But surely you'd get as many as who would watch a Raiders Titans game. Yeah, but I guess that the international game they don't make revenue from, though, do they? Uh, you're right. Well. That maybe they just have to go to the RLIF, which is a basket case in itself, I think. But just go, okay, we're prepared to give you standalone weekends, which for, means for you a can chunk of the revenue for a chunk, yeah, because that's because RLIF needs some fun, needs some revenue at the moment. The only revenue streams they get is by the World Cup, mm. 
and that's every four years. So, yeah, you know, look, it's it's, it's easy to try and solve all the problems uh, over, you know, Asia Pacific's 47th favorite podcast, but, um, you know, we... You know, we've been brought up on the white V and international league. That was our pinnacle. And some like these narrow-minded audiences just don't understand it, do they? It's 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 odd. It's just they're being fed. That I I really feel the origins. In many ways, the dominance of Queensland has made it just so much the hunger so much bigger in New South Wales. It's become know, bigger it's and bigger and bigger every year. I feel, um, but I don't think necessarily the product is as good as it once was. But yeah, and it's sort of it just it's restricts you. I mean, what happens to people that are born in Perth? Well, it doesn't actually matter; they can still play Origin, right? Well, I guess guys like Curtis Rona end up yeah. going and playing rugby for Kiwis Rugby League and then <laughs> Australian Rugby Union. Um, back on to, back on the state of Origin. Origin two was last Wednesday, and like what no, most Origin of us one. predicted, Origin one, sorry, what most of us predicted, New South Wales won and was a tight game, although they were probably the better side. That doesn't usually count for much at origin because Queensland hang around and they drag them down. Do you think Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater and Cameron Smith play and Matt Gillett and then Queensland win again quite comfortably? Mm, no, nah, not necessarily. Are you saying they could come out? No, if they played origin one, Smith, yep. Cronk, Thurston, Gillett and Slater... Uh, yeah, I think win? it would have been... No, I would have been a little bit close, but I think New South Wales still may have won, you know. Really? I almost think that you throw Cameron Smith out there, just one yep. of those guys, because I don't believe that Thurston and Cronk and even Slater, to a lesser extent, would have mattered. I think you had Smith and Gillett, and I reckon it would be neck and neck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I think they're going to go. I reckon they can win in Sydney. I think one more, just having a, a bit more time in camp, getting that Munster Hunt combination right. Obviously, Gillette coming in. He won't come in, though, will he? Why won't he? When's he back? He's he broke his neck. He fractured his neck. I heard he can come back. He'll do. I mean, as a Queenslander, he'll play. There's something will happen. There's something miraculous. You said you said Hunt and Munster. I think if Queensland are going to win, they need to hand the car keys over to Michael Morgan and he needs to play seven and maybe Ben Hunt either starts a dummy half or comes off the bench as a utility. What do you think about that? I think that's a good option. I mean, I think origin means less about um, the players you put on the field, but more if you're getting everyone to play for each other and, and you know, not making stupid, dumb decisions. Is Dylan Napper a good player? Rugby league first grader. Uh, sorry, is he? Is he a proven international? No, he's not. He's not a. Um, he's a kooky. He's not a representative but player, is he? He's not. But that's the thing about Queensland is you generally will have uh, one or two guys that aren't really international quality footballers, and you play them, but they sort of get lifted up by the players around them. Um, and Napa is one of them. I think he's. I mean, you could even argue he's not. He's not a good club footballer to be honest he only he comes out Patchy, twice a year and have a real good game but other than that he's pretty quiet yeah I've been, I've been really disappointed by I think he is what he is now and he's in danger of just sort of becoming a little bit of a wasted talent on the flip side of um, come up with the Nate Miles award which is the rep 
or bust footballer who only comes to play three times a year for Origin. And this year's recipient, and I think that unanimously decided, Dane Ngangai, who grew into oh, the league sure. in Origin again this year, who's been pretty fucking average for the Bunnies. I thought he was going to be a good signing. I'd throw him on the wing because he's uh, anything in the centres for the Bunnies. No, you're right. You've already commented on his running style, but um, he's... I mean, the same thing was the Knights, right? He just couldn't get... He couldn't... He didn't really show an, an incredible class. He did, one, he did one year at the Knights, but then last year he sort of... And the year before, I don't think he really showed much at all. Um, yeah, I think he's probably a winger at first grade. Uh, we know what he's got, and then he can he can use his rep football to really uh, um, uh, get a good contract at first grade. Which I mean, good on him. That's that's what he's after. But yeah, I mean, somebody like a fuzzy tour or something would blow him out of the water at rep football. He's he's on a different planet right now, Fuss, isn't he? He's oh. he's doing what we always dreamed of him doing: stringing together game after game, and not just finishing. He's actually starting sets just as strong as well. He's a big body. No. I think he's grown. He's grown. He's fast. At that try, oh. that break where he set up Johnson was phenomenal. Oh, he ran over is, Hodkinson. He ran over. Who's a good defender? Um, and you know, oh, he's on fifteen tries now. Three ahead, I think, uh, on the Val- leaderboard. Of Valentino Holmes. Um, you know, we're gonna. Oh, well, I mean, I think we could have our, that. Will that be the Warriors' first ever leading try scorer of the season if he can make it, or did Milai get it one year? I think Francis Mele got it, and I'm pretty sure Sean Hoppe got it as well. But I'd have to dig dig deep back in. Yeah, I'll have, to have a, I'll have a look at that. Um, that's a, a very interesting one. So, what were your top three uh, moments of the weekend? One of my first one also was obviously Fuzzatour and his performance. I thought that was one of them. The Sunday afternoon football, going to the game. Uh, for me was and then to be honest it was Jared Haynes performance coming back yeah I think you've got to give credit where like as a podcaster we like slagging people off right we all have our hatred of more than we applaud yeah I I think we've also got to sort of stand up and say hey he played really well and Haynes actually did like that try where he sort of his first try he just put his head down and did you know he sort of lifted his team so look I'm not saying I'd want him at my club or anything but he played well yeah, okay. And so that's that's your so it was your first one? First you took uh, the second was Hayne. Who was your third? It was Sunday oh, it was my Sunday afternoon football at, at uh Tawara Nikau Lower Right League Memorial Stadium. You know, you can't beat your Sunday afternoon football no matter how much Gus says it he's right. Mm. Okay, well I'm gonna go with you. you you've gone for your three highlights. I'm gonna give you my three lowlights. I'm gonna Beautiful. give you the three dumbest plays of the year. Now, the first one came from a game on Friday Night Football where the Raiders were up by six with about nine minutes to go. And this guy here who showed a little bit of signs about four or five weeks ago, but I'm very comfortable to say that with the turn of Josh Hodgson, you will not be seeing much of Salila Havili again. That field goal at a dummy half on the fourth tackle was the most boneheaded player and single-handedly lost in the game and single-handedly killed probably 14 plastic chairs because Ricky would not have fucking taken that lightly after the game, after the press conference. Did you see and that? Did you see no, that? No, I haven't seen the kick, but oh they've, rushed Josh, they've rushed Josh Hodgson back very quickly. Now, is, um, do, uh, I hate when people do take a snap a field goal at a dummy half. It's just a real selfish, 
white line fever move yep. that never pays off. Can you? I think Cameron Smith did a couple one season when remember Cameron Smith. I think it was that he'd never did. He'd never really. He might have only had one field goal in his career in his first two hundred odd games, and he just started potting them. And Cooper Cronk was getting real fucked off with him. Do you remember that? But he kept making them. It was about yeah, yeah, five yeah. years ago, four years ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so that was the no one. Don't so I think yeah. I remember another. Yeah, number but two. <laughs> number two is actually I think Salila got the silver medal. The gold okay. medal was. I think I've got the right one for the gold medal. Three minutes, four minutes to go. The dogs spin it wide early in the tackle count. Six minutes to go. They get an overlap. Chilean international and Fijian international, a dual international, (laughs) Marcelo Montoya, beats his man on the outside. Then, with huge amount of room on the inside, and must, must just take the tackle and get a set down. They're only two points down. Takes Dufty on the outside. He was never going to beat Dufty, and gets no. tackled over the sideline in the most boneheaded play you will ever ever see in your life. Did you see that? That was. I was just thinking he's not a very good footballer, Marcello Montoya. I mean, we want him to be because he's got great like Pacific Island Latin uh, genes, Flavor. but he's just not very good <laughs> I think he might get quite far just by like his name and his like uh, genetic makeup because he's not a very good footballer he's a poor man's Andrew Everingham let's be honest he and just, that's not saying much no and I just feel sorry for the dogs because they probably inked him on a three year back ended deal and they've probably got to pay him shitloads of money in the next three years do you see their only signing that they've announced for next year is is it Cameron Crichton from the Eel uh, from the Panthers? Oh, from the Panthers, oh. not a good signing. No, especially the bang overs. Mm. Um, and I tell you what, I'm not enjoying from the Tigers is Elijah Taylor playing dummy half. He's not a dummy mm, half. Yeah. You can see he's very hamstrung playing that role, and I think that's a real problem area for them at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if they contemplate. I actually know Jacob Little's not too bad, is he? Quite quick at a dummy half. Is yeah, he? I like Jacob. He was coming off the bench, so I'm not too sure. But yeah, I do rate him. Mm. Um, so you wanted to talk about... Actually, just before we do talk about NRL inclusion, just want to give a couple of shout-outs. Um, big listener over in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, been with us for a couple of years now. Sam Walter, big Warriors man. Loves his league and loves his legal counsel. So big shout-out to you, Sam. Um, thanks for all your support. Lots of feedback about last week's show too. I might add. How and good was it? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't sonically our best show, audio-wise. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I turned up to that podcast and I had had a skinful of pints, and I wasn't expecting to be doing it at the pub. And I got home, started listening to it. And I saw probably a three-hour editing session ahead of me, and I said, no, I can't be fucked. So I basically did the bare minimum and knew that it was going to sound like shit, but I just posted it anyway. And I woke up in the morning with a six-and-a-half out of ten hangover. And really? I wasn't Did you have a presentation or something? Yeah, I did, but I, you know you know what it's like when you just, just have enough. No, the, uh, Yeah, I did have a presentation that day. Um, went well though but it wasn't a great show it's our 
worst ever rating show as long as we've been on um, published in three years. So a lot that is not, but, but that's what I don't understand. Like how to you, know, you think people that enjoy our show fans would just listen to it and just at least start listening to it, and that's a listen, isn't it? Well, and then turn off. Well, I think that I think to get into ratings, you might have to listen to a certain distance of the song but I also think that you know take I think four or five weeks ago the infamous Tell episode which yeah. was our highest rating of the year now you know people start talking to their mates and say you know you've got to listen to the show this week they're talking about this phenomenon which is now an Urban Dictionary if you can actually look up Tell, it's on Urban Dictionary always um, was was it always was yeah Really? Well, you thought I made it up for a fucking stupid rugby league podcast? Yes. Or well, I didn't. You, how, how, I mean, is Urban Dictionary like Wikipedia? You can just post something until further until someone takes it down. Uh, no, actually, uh, Urban Dictionary actually needs to be vetted by the Urban Dictionary. Uh, I don't know, Politburo. So imagine the sort of shit they would see I mean it's always a good laugh isn't it Urban Dictionary it's one of those popular ones about 8 or 9 years ago but you can always but there's so many on. words like even in our friendship group which people just would not I'm fond of based there you know that people you, you, different groups there, but it's a different meaning is it oh yeah it is you're right actually yeah. quite um but yeah, anyway, back to the show last week. It was slightly yeah because there's that other guy, there's that rap artist, right? That hip hop guy who's based little, little based B, the or... based god. Yeah, yeah the base god. He puts god, curses yeah. on people, and every time that he's cursed, little B, every time that he's cursed, like an NBA player, they've like yeah. gone f- terrible, and they've like lost big playoff series, or they've done something like that. Their careers have gone downhill, and a couple of times he's like they've pleaded the players have pleaded with him to lift the curse and he's lifted the curse and they've come good again he's lifted. quote have you seen that Katie Nolan who does the ESPN yep what do you think what do you what are you, what are you looking for from me here does she do you think she'd be good on Fox Sports Lee Katie Nolan am I thinking of the same one what shows does she do yeah, Boston based uh, I think she did what was it called mm. uh Oh, okay, she's a massive you, Patriots yeah, yeah, fan. I think, yeah, I yeah. know who you're talking about. Yeah. Any, do you want to elaborate? So I hope she's watching. I hope she's at the uh, the Denver test. Denver test, yeah. Um, Man, what sort of coverage are we going to get? Any? Are we going to get any reporters going over there for it? No, probably not. Oh, Kent will. He's just got back from Vegas, hasn't he? The Jeff Horn fight. Fuck! Didn't his head become like a fucking punching bag? When? Oh, Jeff Horns or Paul Kent's? Jeff Horns. Oh, yeah, well, you said that, the Hornet, right? Mm. Um, anyway, so last week wasn't a great show. I mean, some people said that, but it was almost, it was so hard to listen to for the first five minutes. But then once they got used to it, it actually became, you know, they got right into it and they felt like they were in the pub with us. And a lot of people thought that there was a shitload of people in the pub, but little do they know there's about nine people there. Really? Well, well, not even in the area we were sitting. No. Um, yeah. So. Well, well, the other thing I want to talk about is, do you know Anthony Bourdain? Yes. Anthony Bourdain, how he committed suicide, actually. Uh, I think it was Friday night. I heard about the news. Regretly, but, yeah. Well, it's not nice, but I wonder how he did it. But the other thing is, what a... What the outpouring of grief. Well, not grief, but gee, people love to like do a little social media, like, oh, he's my hero. 
Mm. Yeah, Seriously? I, you didn't I, mention him once the whole time I knew you, and now he carks it. You're trying to say he lived life, and uh, you are an inspiration to it's me. Like, oh, it's almost off. like... I think this has become a thing lately. It's like the... It's almost like the inverse of slut shaming that when someone dies, they use an outpouring yeah. of like posts, like positive posts. Like I've noticed on Instagram, if you're a celebrity, you basically, and someone very important dies, you have to do a post of them, don't you? So we've lost some big names in the last few years, like from your Muhammad Ali's to your George Michael's to your Prince's. And that and guy that got hit on the side of the neck playing cricket. Phil Hughes, you, you, Phil I mean, Hughes. if you're in and around the industry, it's almost like you, you, you can't afford not to post something, really, can you? And I, I agree with you. Anthony Bourdain he, was like one of the big ones. What do you mean the big ones? As in like the most amount of posts I saw. Saturday morning, um, I follow a lot of American-based sites on like Instagram, for example, yep. and everyone made a post about him, more so than I can remember. See, and the thing is like, what did he actually do? He cooked. He was a oh, chef. He was a right? trailblazer. He was huge. Like he basically. What started, do you mean? He started. Cooking he went shows. around. He started traveling and yeah, he, eating he, he food. I've been doing that for years. He invented the blogs, the cooking um, TV shows. He was a pioneer, mate. I don't think he invented it. I think another producer did. I mean, you yeah, know, there's you going two mates of mine. What? Where are you going with this? It's just interesting. I was just going to say one thing. There's two mates of mine who absolutely idolised him. Laban Ditchburn and Marcus Lake. And they were just the same sort of loving lot. Like, I guess I respect him for he just sort of didn't care about like healthy food and all that sort of stuff. He was about um, living life. You'd probably actually like him. He was basically like... And I think why Deutsch liked him is because he, he lived his life by one his same motto, live once. Yeah, he lived once shortly... So, but anyway, good on him. Um, he actually was for an old guy. He had a good carcass. Yeah, he got his kid out of it, didn't he? Um, all right. Inclusion, NRL inclusion. Give it to me. Yeah, so I just think, I'm thinking how well we're doing in terms of the inclusion in our game. Um, one, we've got four-team NRL comp coming up. Um, we've also got uh, Touch. So, there's, have you seen that on TV yet? No, the touch and I comp? won't watch it. In fact, I won't watch I mean, it either. I but it's including, right? I don't, talk, I don't want to talk about NRL inclusion. Mate. I'm not. I'm going to be honest with you. No, the other one, three, Harry, and the other one is that in NZRL, which is different than the NRL, but are getting dogged by NRL. There's actually physical disability rugby league. So that's good. Uh, people, I'm just watching a photo now. A guy with one arm who's well, they're probably going to give him for a shoulder charge because the ass is going to tackle. And there's another guy that looks <laughs> like well, one guy's leg is really skinny. Like he's got a club foot. And then there's another guy that looks almost... What's a club foot? Stephen from Dunedin is by dummy half, I think. What's a club foot again? A club foot's a foot that's bigger than the other. You know they have those massive shoes on. I'm just looking. How do you get it? Too much blood to the... Oh, God, that doesn't look good. But what's the... Kids get it too. Okay. It's always one of the scary things that you hear, isn't it? Club foot. Rotated inwards. It's like those people that have barely. It's like spoken. penguin, isn't it? Clubfoot. Those guys that, like you know, um, Kevin Spacey's character on The Usual Suspects. How his legs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah turned in. That's clubfoot, isn't it? Yes. What about bow legs? That's, Did you, that's any, the anyone at your way. school? 
Oh, bow legs was a girl at university. It was completely bow legged. And actually, I played a guy. With, uh, I played rugby with a guy who was completely bow legged. But does it affect your life? Nah, bow legs. You can get. You can get through anything. Wow. Um. All right. Does I mean I'm working through this agenda as as I speak. Again, so the other thing is, you know, deaf league. Yeah. Um, and blind league. Mm-hmm. So blind league, what you have to do is you actually have to. You, the different you have different sort of jerseys, so you have a, a sort of bell around your you know where the V is yeah. at the bottom of your V on your shirt. There's a little bell that rings. So basically, mm-hmm. as you run, people can hear you running, so they run at you oh, yeah. and try and attack you that way. It's incredible that what they um, people that are disabled can do in terms of on the sporting field. Like you just wouldn't believe it when you hear about you know when the first time you hear about how they play cricket and they have a little bell inside the ball and stuff. So it's pretty. Pretty incredible that they can play rugby league. Um, all right, you've got here, and I'm hoping this has come from something that's happened in the most recent weekend. But the biggest hits you've ever seen now, vaguely... Hang on, you you wanted to talk about this? Did I? Actually, yep. I I think I know why. Did you talk about the Slade Griffin hit? No, the Slade Griffin hit was a very very good tackle. Very good tackle, but it wasn't the biggest I've ever seen. No, it was a try saver. I mean, there's been a couple of yeah. nice try savers from um, Roger this year as well. But I was just listening to, again, uh, this will be a second shout out. Ryan Cribb, big fan of the show, was talking to me about when he was playing for Manly Juniors. He was at the ground when Hobby took on Keith Lawrence. And it actually, like, watched the show. He played the junior grades, was on the hill, and he said you could hear the hit reverberate around the ground. And I didn't realise, I sort of remembered, but Keith Galloway was getting talked up like he was the next biggest thing. He was fucking enormous there. Oh, when he's Gus the talk, was talking him up. But this this guy was like, he was a schoolboy superstar. You know he was 18 when he made his debut? Hang on, is this the one where Hopperati came out of the line oh. and just wasted him I will, I will it was illegal though the subscribers yeah he ran off the fence Palliacina styles when Galloway was hitting up because Galloway had such hype around him Hopper obviously took it upon himself he wanted to level him or as uh, Joey Johns says crease him <laughs> I just crease him are you, are you looking at online <laughs> yeah what <laughs> But the children have made much noise or maybe it did no it was... he, he, he completely creased him and Keithy was gone for the season. Oh, that is a horrific tackle. It's just, he turns his body. Well, can you describe it if, as you're watching it? What does Hopper actually do? So he's basically, you're right, he's ran off from the back fence and like jumped up with a leading with his elbow and just hit Galloway as he's passing. <laughs> Gee whiz. And, and, then, and Galloway's down. And you know how when you're out cold and their arms are up? Yeah, like it's like oh. a dummy, like Thunderbirds. Yeah, I mean, it's always uh, you don't. And Manly were up twenty-four nil at the time. At Manly were to go in the first half. Fuck, to kill it. That is outrageous. <laughs> that is awful. And, and you can imagine if Rabs. I mean, remember when Rabs used to go, oh, like when there was a big hit. That used to just get you fired up, eh? When oh Rebs, yeah. <laughs> when Rabs used to really call a hit. You don't have the highs and lows of Rabs anymore because he's probably getting old. He's just that no. very level, um, but level sort of. 
noise, basically, isn't it? Your original question was, what are the biggest hits I've seen? So yep. the two that remind that I know of are one was Ruben Wiki on Adrian Lamb about 1996. It really? was, yeah, mate, that's one of the biggest hits I've ever, on TV. Hmm. Massive, you got to Google that. And then the other one would have been Mark, which is a famous one, which was Glenn, Mark Glanville on a... Craig Field, I think it was, but he, oh, he just hurt him. Yeah, he hurt him badly. But it was such a hospital pass when we threw it to him. I I remember uh, the double knockout, um, Carol Harrigan. Um, yeah, and good. marathon. I would want to say ninety four, and they both almost knocked each other out. I want to say that was a big, that was a monumental hit. Wally Lewis put a massive hit on. Uh, Daryl Williams in a Kiwi test where Daryl Eastlake was really um, going off. R.I.P. Uh, I think that was. Are you sure that wasn't uh, Brendan Tudor? No, no, no. It was Wally Lewis on. Oh Daryl yeah, you're Williams. right. It was Daryl Williams. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Another that big hit huge. that really reverberated around uh, the league scene was probably more show than real go was. Sonny Bills hit in the 2004 Grand Final on Joel Clinton, just mainly because of the sweat from Joel Clinton coming out and the the multiple slow-motion views. And a recent favourite of mine, um, actually, no, before I go there, Francis Malley had a couple of coming-off-his-wing hits from Brent Tate. Yeah, Brent Tate. Was was that Tate or Corey McGuire? Was it Corey McGuire? No, that was a... Casey McGuire, yeah. Tate, Mally hit Tate back to back, and that's why Tate had to wear that um, dog collar. (laughs) And the other one... And then the Steve Matai hit on um, Dave Terrell. Oh, that's brilliant. The other one I remember was uh, Rotten Wheel put one on Ned Katic, Arwen Guttenbill on Ned Katic, and then the... Is rotten wheel. Sorry, one of uh, my mates old man. Used <laughs> I to just spat my Arwen. beer out of the whole computer. Arwen, Arwen, my one beer. of my mates old man used to call Arwen Goodenbill Arwen Rotten Wheel. <laughs> so I just call him Rotten Wheel. And then, and the other oh, one, was, uh, Paul Atkins getting smashed by. Uh, you must remember Paul Atkins and his one and only first grade game at fullback <laughs> for being wasted by Adrian Morley. Oh. Um, I've got a real real issue here on my computer now. Spat everything out. Well, you said rotten wheel. <laughs> I've never heard that <laughs> saying before. <clears throat> um, all right. We have to fast forward through the rest of the agenda and probably pick it up next week. But what do you want to say to the punts? You wanted to in- introduce a bit of a, um, a few more punting-based... Uh, uh, no, I think before we move on to that, we should... We should give Mannering an ode he's retired from rep football, football. today yep. mate he, he actually you need to think about it he has had one of the great forward careers as a Kiwi mate he was part of the 2008 World Cup final winning team playing centre marking Greg Inglis he was part of the 2010 Four Nations uh, Cup winning team uh, marking uh, who did he mark Hang Hang on, Brent was the Tri-Nations tri- 2004 Five, you mean? He no, made his he, debut in 05. He yeah. made his debut in 05. Well, we, it was actually our 10th anniversary game when we beat the Broncos. He scored a try, as I remember. I was and there. We're, I was at the we're game. Wearing those, we're wearing our old school DB Bitter tops. Yeah, it wasn't um, DB Bitter with the sponsor, though. Actually, it was. It was. Did they bring it back? Yeah, they did. Keep going. 
and then he was part of the 2000 the, the, when we won, beat Australia three in a row. I mean, he's been a, uh, the, the second row that time. He was a great stopgap in the sort of Shantane Harpy mould. He'll think, go down as one of the top five Kiwi forwards of all time. Yeah, probably top ten player, Kiwi player, from a representative yeah. perspective, not probably from a total career perspective. Yeah, and then the Kiwi other one... underrated player, generally, I think players that love the Warriors, they, they have a special place for him, but I do think he this season, it seems to be his... There's things in his game this season that I haven't seen before, like dropping, slipping off tackles, which... I think he's retiring internationally at the right time so he can concentrate on perhaps ex, um, extending his club career. But he, he is just a, an extremely reliable player that has always been good defensively, but he's he, he he's a guy that always gets over the advantage line. I, I consider him in the same sort of mould as a Luke Lewis. I think I've mentioned it in the past before. Yep. Just very similar, well-accomplished footballer. It's a shame that he's never won a comp and I'd love to see him go out and one obviously might not be this year but who knows if he hangs around and then the other guy I think we need to have a word for is Peter Wallace I think he's been a great servant for both um, I think he had five three, six years at the Broncos and obviously the Panthers he started his career there and has ended his career is, it, is this a retirement effective like today it's effective immediately he's done his ACL oh, so okay. Wall- and so what was, what's your memory? What, what are you going to remember of Peter Wallace? I remember him debuting for Penrith. Uh, I want to say 06, 07. He debuted, well, he debuted 05, had one game, and then had no game in 06, then had a decent season 07. And 07, he came along, and he was very exciting. He was a, a clearly yep. a ginger-headed guy who was dying his hair blonde, which probably yep. was pretty par for the course out Penrith way. And he was explosive. He was running, and he was... Um, Basically played himself into a New South Wales chub, a pretty... Um, 80 made his debut. Yeah, so that's a year after. A and year he after. was... And then and you to need to, you would need, Yeah, you need to be special if a glamour club like Brisbane are chasing you out of Penrith, right? Like yeah. that, they, have a, they have a lot they, of players to choose. They chewed him up and spat him out pretty quickly at Brisbane. I mean, Anthony Griffin did, basically. Wayne Bennett liked him. And Griffin... Actually, no, Ivan Henjak was between the... Uh, he was the bridge coach there, wasn't he? But um, I think Peter Wallace... It's unfortunate that he did his ACL because I liked him as a hooker. He was good. Yeah, I did. I, 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 was, I mean, he's just he was just a good, solid footballer. I mean, so, you know, we wish you luck in retirement. I think he's joining the Penrith um, coaching staff, so he'll be good out there. All right, we're going to finish up on going through the round games. <clears throat> this one for me, to, in, on Thursday night... I'm I'm going to name it the banana skin game of the round. ANZ Stadium. Who's it a home game for? Parramatta. Parramatta, but it's also a home game for the Rabbitohs. They must love that. Yeah, but me, but it's a home game for Parramatta. So if the guy, if a Parramatta player scores a try, they play their chosen song. Mm-hmm. Three dollars fifty-five head to head versus a dollar thirty. You'd have to say Parramatta are a better shot than that, wouldn't you? Yeah, but maybe $3.50, not, not too much better. Is it any coincidence that Parramatta had their best game of the season without Mitchell Moses play? No, there's no coincidence no, there. And me. To be honest, they did well up and down, and as I said with Jared Hayne, maybe gives the guys confidence. Yep. <clears throat> Friday, Warriors Well, that's, it's a banana skin game for us. Warriors favourites at 1-300 Small Stadium. I think that's the first time in at least... 
10 years that we've been the favourites in 1-300 Smile Stadium. Definitely. It's going to be a very close. In fact, I can only see two outcomes here. I can see the Warriors sneaking home or the Cowboys beating us rather convincingly. Uh, Yeah, but I think... Okay, um, look, it's going to be... It's it's the pub game. Mm. You're going to be pub-based to watch or you'll be home-based? Six o'clock, it's a pub game. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a pub game for me too, I think. So maybe we'll go to the Sporting Globe. Roosters, Panthers, you're going to learn a lot about these two teams after this aren't game, we? aren't you? Aren't we? In fact, aren't you're not going to learn anything about Penrith, but you're going to learn a bit about the Roosters. Well, I keep saying they're a top four side potential premier. Have you checked come around yet? Have what, sorry? Have you come around to they could, they have potential to be a premier? No, no, there's there's no way in in this life that the Roosters can win it this year. Absolutely. So, what's no the chance. point of them making the top four? Then they're just getting in the way of some, a team like the Warriors. Well, I just don't think they can win it. They could very well could finish the top four. In fact, they've got a great chance of winning the top four. I reckon they can anyway. Okay, so great. It's a it's a great Friday night for Lee. Now isn't it? the early game is actually it's earlier than what we thought. It's the toilet bowl. The Bulldogs are playing the Titans at Belmore <laughs> Sports Ground. Ooh, that makes it a bit romantic. <laughs> that there, you couldn't pay me to watch that. Three thirty. Yeah, Three o'clock. That's good. Nah, that's nice. Because when was the last time you saw a day game at Belmore? Oh, I'm going to watch that. I was there. Actually, no, it was a, it was an evening game. Yeah, okay. Dragons versus the Eagles at Wynn Stadium. Dragons will flog them. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, yeah. They'll okay. flog them by plenty. The Dragons aren't No, showing... I think that they, yeah, they were should... terrible against the Dogs. They were bad. They need to come out and they need to play well. Sharks v Broncos, Southern Cross Stadium. Oh. The Broncos, do they have the ability to go down and win down there? Yeah, yeah, they didn't play badly against the Storm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Darius Boyd's punched his last fucking ticket. Yeah, agreed. McDonald Jones Stadium Knights hosting the Storm. Oh, you have to say the Storm. Geez, I like a 2 p.m. game at McDonald Jones Stadium, though. I tell you what, this is my upset of the round. Wow. Knights to win. They almost beat the Roosters. They should have beaten them, too. They lost by two points. That was my big call of the round. And I'm I'm going to back them again at home at 375 head-to-head. Maybe go for the margins and go for 12 and under and get a little bit more value. The Storm at $1.28 or overs, I don't think they're that good. Tigers, Raiders, Campbelltown, the late game. I like, I like the late game in Campbelltown like too. There. In fact, go with the Knights-Tigers multi on the Sunday. How's that? No, you know you you know your league gambling. Now, any other sort of calls that you want to make before we uh, before we tune in for next weekend? No, no. I think hopefully the the audio is better for our fans. Yeah, it I mean, should be. be um, and so you get get hold of us at legal slash cancel. Legal one slash cancel um, on Twitter and legal one slash cancel at gmail dot com on the mailing list. Mate, till next week, we'll come back to you on a Monday, back to the normal time slot. You've got to love your league. Got to love your league.
Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel.